All right. Good morning, Haven Community Church. It's been a long time since I've been Wayne's on the stage. back, everybody. <laughs> Woo! I know. <laughs> Most of y'all know me and some, some new faces here, but so you're probably saying, who's this guy talking at my church? But yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a seasonal worker. Just part, part-time, part-time. Yeah, yeah. Today. He used to be our worship leader, and then he went and moved to the I'm Carolinas. I'm just here to plant some seeds today and just move down the road, so hopefully, hopefully it grows a big tree for you guys. <laughs> All right. I got some books. Moving your way in here, so let's let's um let's open in prayer this morning. Is there, you guys okay with that? All right, love. Lord God, you know it's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year for me moving down south, and you know all the things that could have possibly gone wrong. Lord, you know looking back at my rearview mirror, I can see all the blessings that you gave me, Lord, and I'm just I'm just thankful for that, Lord. You know, and I know that you know uh, some folks are looking for that blessing today, and I just I just ask that you that you fill this room today and, and fill our hearts with, with your spirit, Lord. And just uh, as, as Jack and his family are traveling, you know, I just want to ask uh, a special blessing on, on him and his family and Jill as they travel and, uh, you know, and get through their, get through their lives day in, day out and, and uh, as they serve your, serve your great name, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
know we got a few people here today, so I can hear you guys out there pretty well, but I think we need to lift a little louder. I'm sure. to 
congregation for Father Brown. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to be back this week. I um, mentioned when I got here this morning that I probably shouldn't have said anything last week that I was going to be back here this week. <laughs> Just saying it always affects attendance, but uh, you made it back, so thank you. Praise the Lord. I appreciate your support. Um, I'm Mike Brandon. For those who don't, me, uh, don't know me, I'm the executive director of the Paris Foundation, a ministry that you folks uh, are very much involved with and have been for many years, and we are so grateful for your, your support. Uh, when Jack asked me to come in consecutive weeks, he did ask me to take a little time and uh, kind of sort of update your congregation um, on where we are as a ministry now and where we believe God would have us go, uh, the vision he's given to us. Um, in just a moment, I'm going to show you before and after. We're basically where we are now, physically located and how we're operating um, and, and the vision that we have going forward. But I want to do that within the context of the scripture because what really matters here today is the word of God. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we do look into your word and uh, hopefully, Lord, catch a glimpse of your vision for the ministry that you've given the body of Christ in Cecil County, particularly uh, in, in Elkton and Hollingsworth Manor, that, uh, that we would be moved, challenged, and encouraged by your word, that we, we would be helped and given hope, Lord, in our own individual situations as we bring hope and help to others. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at the, uh, the before, the uh, where we are now. Yeah, there it is, tiny house, Paris Foundation. Those of you who know, we used to be on Bridge Street. Uh, we had about 4,000 square feet. We had a dining area there. We had a donation room. We had a kitchen, uh, an office, and a conference room. And uh, over 300,000 meals have gone out from that facility by God's grace through the years since we moved in. Um, many people have come to Christ. Um, we just had a baptismal service last week. One of our folks recently saved uh, was baptized up by uh, Fair Hill by the uh, Covered Bridge. We do that every year. Uh, I've conducted a number of uh, both weddings and funerals, and I'm going to share a, an anecdote uh, related to that as I get a little further in. But if you haven't been into the to uh, our location since we moved in the end of February. We've tried to make it a little cozier. We have some picnic tables there and the umbrellas. Folks can come. And now that we're sort of moving past the lockdown stage of, of the, uh, the pandemic, uh, we don't mind folks congregating, hanging out, visiting. And so we encourage our volunteers who bring the meals, if they want to send a couple of folks and, and want to stay, one of the great ways you can stay and minister is have a seat, bring your coffee, sit down at the picnic table and talk to folks as they come by. They can come and they can get their clothing. We have a table out front. It's just like going to Rita's. We have a little menu that we post. They just walk up, place their order. We slide it out, slide the window open and slide the meal out to them and it's still takeout and is going to be for the foreseeable future. But that lot that you see, that grassy area, we believe that God has given to us. Uh, we are currently leasing it so that we have control, so to speak, of it. In Jesus' name, we've taken back some of the physical territory, but what we believe he would have us do is take back the spiritual territory that the, uh, the devil has laid claim to, and we know that it all belongs to Jesus. Amen. So why don't we fast forward to the after, if you will. This is the vision God has given us, a 10,000-square-foot ministry center, a community center in the heart of the community. 
a dining area that will seat at our tables up to 180 people, seating auditorium style up to 260 people for our church services. It will have a stage. It will have uh, professional lighting and curtains because it's not going to be just for the church services, although we do have morning and evening services. Um, but for concerts, plays, community meetings, this is going to be uh, a hybrid of what you might think of as a school and a church. We're going to have uh, a music room, an art room. We're going to bring the arts into the community to th uh, provide a therapeutic setting for these, especially these little ones. And if you know the damage that can be done to these little ones through abuse and neglect, um, it can really take a toll on it. And if you're a teacher, especially in early childhood education, my wife's a middle school teacher. She's one of my heroes. You really got to have a calling to teach middle school. Amen? She teaches up at Bethany. Let me put a plug in for them up in uh, Oxford. Um, but working with the little ones, um, my daughter's a, a preschool phys ed teacher in Appaquinimic District down in Delaware, and she deals with a lot of kids that are already so damaged so damaged and need so much love and so much support and encouragement. And we know the world's not going to give them that. It's got to come from us. So we want this place to be a place of hope and healing, not just for our immediate neighbors, but for the entire community. We're going to be looking forward to having daily, and that's important because we're going to look at that in the message, daily ministry opportunities going on. Bible studies, prayer groups, children's ministry, all the things that we were able to do on a small scale at our former facility, we hope to be able to do on steroids, if you will, to really make a spiritual impact. And we're going to have volunteer opportunities galore. Right now, we've had to pare it down. We have maybe 20 or 30 volunteers a week. Pre-COVID, we were 450 to 500 volunteers a month serving just in the meal program in the Matthew Project. So the opportunities for interacting and bringing, bringing hope and help to folks that are going to just multiply. And so we're so excited about that. Um, I'm going to ask you if you have your scriptures uh, to, to look at Acts chapter 2. I know it's printed in your bulletin. I'm reading from the King James, as I said last week, because I'm old. Uh, you have it in the NIV, but it's the, the same idea, and you'll, you'll catch it. Luke cha or excuse me, Acts chapter 2, um, beginning in verse 42. And this comes on the heels of verse 41, which I'll read for context. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. You know the story, the, the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches, thousands of people. The church grows exponentially in that one day. <clears throat> and it's, what do we do with all of these folks now? What do we do with everybody that comes? Well, here's what they did. They continued steadfastly in four things, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. Fellowship in the gospel. They began to share. They shared the doctrines, the teachings of Christ in obedience to the Great Commission to go and teach all nations. They shared the work. That word fellowship translated there is koinonia, and it simply means a shared effort in a common endeavor. They worked together. They shared the work. Breaking of bread, they shared of their substance. James says, what good is it if all we do is tell somebody that's, that's hungry or naked or needs shelter, be warm, be filled, go in peace, if we don't provide for those immediate physical needs? So they shared their substance, and in prayers, they shared their hearts. 
They shared their hearts with God. The prayer of the early church was principally intercession and thanksgiving. They interceded for those in need, and they thanked God when God provided. And that's exactly what he did. What were the results? Verse 43 says, Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. God manifested his glory through the church and it had an immediate impact on that community. All that believed were together and had all things and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all as every man had need. Self-sacrifice char characterized the early church. They saw the, they were able to meet the needs of the common folks in an uncommon way. They developed and built a community based on self-sacrifice and love. What was God's response? Well, first, they continuing daily. Remember I said daily was important. With one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Satisfaction, singleness, or sincere hearts. They were glad to be able to give up control of the possessions that so often in our day and age we find possess us. The things that we have really have a hold on us. And this church learned early on, if they were going to be affected, that they had to start letting go of some of the control of some of those things and trust God that he would meet their needs. And we know from Acts chapter 4 that, that when it, the, as they continued to give self-sacrificially and simply turn it over to the church and let the church take care of the needs of these, these many, many, many thousands of people that were getting saved, that their needs were met. It says everyone's needs were met, those who gave and those who received. And that doesn't always translate in our day and age. Uh, so often I, I, I talk about loophole Christians, and I know there's none here today. But every once in a while you'll run into somebody that's looking for a loophole in the very clear teachings of God, especially when it comes to giving. Right? That's the one Sunday every year, Stewardship Sunday, that as a pastor – I used to quake and shiver that, oh, I've got to go preach the stewardship method or a message this, this week uh, because, you know, everybody's going to be sitting there like glaring, white knuckle in the pew in front of them, looking at their watch, huffing and harumphing, hiding the, uh, the giving envelopes underneath their chair, you know, whatever it takes, you know. Well, that's, that's all good for him to say. All I do is like, look, this is the word of God. I'm just telling you what Jesus said given it shall be given. I mean, if we believe him for salvation, why don't we believe him for our stuff? Why don't we believe him when it comes to sharing our time and our talents and our treasure when it brings him glory? Amen? That's all it's, what it's about. That's what the Paris Foundation is all about. It's about giving God the glory in the simplest of way by giving of our substance and ourselves to those who are hurting in our own community, our own neighbors, Jesus is teaching to the, the lawyer who challenged him, well, who is my neighbor? And he went on and he told the story of the Good Samaritan. It was the least likely character in that story who was the best neighbor. Uh, sometimes we, we think it's all about what the government can do for us. There are a whole lot of people just sitting there waiting for the next check to come from the government. Are there problems solved? No. Putting off your eviction for a year and a half doesn't mean you're not going to get evicted. It just means you're going to have a huge bill when you are. So we need to be there. We need to be there with the truth. We need to be there with, with on a daily basis, and on a daily basis meeting with one accord. We need to be in unity of purpose 
and our desire to see Christ lifted up through our ministries in the community. It says there was a gladness and singleness of heart. There was a satisfaction, a joy that only comes from serving God without reservation and without a personal agenda. I saw this in practice and have seen it through the years. Again, yesterday when we had a cleanup project as part of Volunteer Cecil, Cecil Cares Day. Maybe you were able to participate in one of the projects around the county. We put out a, uh, a flyer and said, if you're interested, come on out to the Paris Foundation location in the heart of Hollingsworth Manor, and we're going to join with residents from the community, and we're going to come together, and we're going to help just, just clean up the streets, just pick up trash and talk to people. And as of Monday, I had six people signed up on the county website. <laughs> I was like, well, six is better than none. I'm a little old, but I can still at least pick up something every once in a while. But we'll get it done, whatever God has for us. Forty-two people signed up yesterday. Praise God. Give God a hand. Would you do that? He deserves it. Six congregations and their pastors lead by example. Six congregations represented, as well as several secular organizations and Cecil County government. We came together. We prayed, because we're not ashamed of the gospel, right, like Paul said. We prayed. We were a witness as the body of Christ to other volunteers and others serving and to the community. And as folks began to filter back as they had covered their streets, we picked up over 100 bags of trash. Uh, the town provided a dumpster for us. We made, a, a, at least for that day, an impact in the community. But really what the impact that's going to last is the, the kind of impact that the church was making here in Jerusalem, and that was building relationships, building bridges, helping people come out of the isolation. And listen, if there's ever been a time when folks have been suffering from a social and emotional isolation, it's been the last year and a half, hasn't it? So many folks have, been, have just given up. I mean, we all know stories of people that haven't left their house in 18 months, people that live in constant fear of this. Um, it was such a joy to hear the stories, the testimonies, as folks came back from their assignment. And we had set up one of our churches, another one of our churches that serves with us. Um, they took the responsibility to provide a cookout lunch for all the volunteers that everybody showed up. What a great time of fellowship. We had gospel music blaring. We had the grill going. We had people wearing their Cecil Cares t-shirts and telling stories of how God had used them to encourage folks, their neighbors, they said, folks were stopping us and asking us what we were doing, and we had a chance to talk to them and tell them about the, the Paris Foundation, and others said, oh, we, we love the Paris Foundation being there, and my, my kids go over there for their, the activities. Um, one lady stopped, and she got talking with the volunteers, and her three kids were playing in the yard, and when she asked them what, we, what they were doing, they said, well, we're just, you know, we're picking up some trash and, you know, just trying to help things out. And when the kids came up and said, mommy, mommy, can we help breakthrough, breakthrough, um, our self-sacrifice, when we do it with a smile, singleness of heart, gladness, when we don't do serving God as a chore, but we do it as a joy and opportunity, that impacts people. Whenever we put out one of these flyers, for example, I'll say, look, um, bring, bring a pair of gloves and a smile. And I mean it. I'm not being facetious. 
If you're going to come be, and, and be a drag on what we're doing, stay home. You know, go to the mall and buy shoes. Do something else. But if you're going to come, come with a smile. And I guarantee you will leave with a smile. I, I just was full. I, I couldn't wait. I mean, I went home, had lunch, got a shower, and then went right back for the evening meal because Saturday nights I covered dinner. Uh, I couldn't wait to get back and see some more people, hear some more testimonies. Um, it was a day full of joy. And that's what, for me, it drives me forward, encourages me. And, and, and I want to convey to you, um, hopefully, in, in a way that will, will entice you to maybe take that, that first step. Maybe you've been holding back on serving. Maybe you've been reticent in, in your giving. Maybe you, you haven't made a commitment. Maybe you're, you're holding on to see what's going to happen. My friends, let me tell you, if you want to swim, you got to get in the water. It's time to get in the water. It's, if you've been sitting on the side of the pool, it's time to jump back in, however you want to phrase it. But the opportunities are there. We are there on the ground. You saw our before picture. You've seen our after picture. We've got we've to be faithful and consistent because that's the hallmark of the church in the book of Acts. It's consistency. Over and over again, we see the church being faithful. And what were the results? Praising God, it says in verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. They just, they worshiped as they gave and they saw God changing lives. They worshiped and they saw what he was doing. Their testimony impacted their community. After 10 years, I can tell you the testimony of the Paris Foundation representing the body of Christ of which you are a part, as I said, we are impacting the community. People come to us now and say, how can we affect change? Because they've seen us be used of God to affect change. And I'm able to see that because I'm there on a daily basis. That's one of the advantages of, of being on a daily basis in the temple court. They were able to see people saved every day because they were on the ground. They had boots on the ground. It's so difficult for most of us in, in church congregations because really you only come together one day a week, and if there's a special project, maybe another day. But the rest of the time, you're, you're out making a living, you're raising your kids, you're going to school or what have you. And so church becomes more of a, uh, an event than an experience. But a parachurch ministry like ours, which depends on the churches, gives us a little different perspective. And so what I'm bringing you is the good news that what you do and what you have done matters. Lives are being changed. People are coming to Christ. People are coming out of their, their conditions of poverty and addiction. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll share just this one anecdote. There's a couple that came out yesterday. I had invited them to come out and volunteer who are residents of the community, along with others. This particular couple have moved in over the last couple of months to a house that I could throw a tennis ball and hit the side of their house. They're right, on, right across the street from us in Hollingsworth Manor. Last year, at the height of the pandemic, or the depths of the pandemic, depending on your perspective, they came to me, although they were living on the street, homeless, dependent upon the generosity of others, and they said, Pastor Mike, would you marry us? Would you marry us? And so we talked and we met and we prayed. And I came to a point and I said, yes, I'll marry you. They were attending our Sunday night services. 
As far as I could tell, they both had made professions of faith. It's not for me to judge. You say, well, how could a homeless person come to faith, get saved? Doesn't, doesn't everything change? I mean, don't they get a house when they get saved? You get a mansion in heaven, right? You get a down payment, but you, <laughs> you still got to deal with where you are. They came to me and they said, yes. They, got, they went and got the license. They scraped the, uh, the money together, got a license. They came to me, and everything was still in lockdown. I mean, we had this big empty room that we weren't doing anything with. I don't know if you may have seen it on Facebook because I did post it. Um, the three of us stood in that room, that big dining area, and I performed a wedding ceremony and joined these two in holy matrimony. They're off the street now. It took a little time. They're in housing. They're helping others and encouraging others by their testimony for Christ. Isn't that what it's all about? Amen. That's what the early church was doing in Jerusalem. The first ministry they started when they realized that going house to house, having small groups, wasn't going to be able to meet all of the needs because so many people were coming to Christ. They were having such an impact. They said, we've got to at least set up a corporate ministry to the widows. Let's at least make sure the widows are getting taken care of. And that's the first ministry they did. They just started feeding people. Uh, and as they did that, they impacted their entire community. Feeding the need on a daily basis. On a daily basis, the church grew. Why? Because God was pleased. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved consistency. It's not enough to just have compassion. Jesus had compassion on the multitudes. Jesus wept. It's not enough for us just to have compassion on folks. We have a responsibility to make the connection. That's what the Paris Foundation allows the body of Christ scattered in various congregations, a point of contact with these folks, because they're not going to just show up on your doorstep out here in Northeast. It allows you to be proactive in taking the gospel to the community. But it's that consistency. Um, it's the testimony day in, day out of being there for people that really makes the impact. And that's what gives us the credibility at the Paris Foundation. It gives us the credibility to share the gospel with them, to invite them to stay for worship service, to sit down and pray with them. Do you need a prayer? Whenever we have a community activity there over the summer, we've had three or four of them, we always have a, a prayer table. We always have a sign, need prayer? You know, stop by. We've always got people there wanting to minister to folks. And that's why I said we've got those picnic tables there. It's a great setting for folks just to come and, and come alongside somebody that's hurting, somebody that's in need. We have folks that are um, homeless. We have folks that are living in the community. We have folks that come to us from outside the community. We have the potential on a daily basis to impact over 300 families within walking distance. And in Cecil County, you know that the greatest barrier to, to accessing any kind of services is transportation. People in, in these communities, they don't have vehicles. They don't all have access to transportation. And so you say, well, why don't they get a job? Well, that's one thing to stand out on Route 40 and ride the, the bus to one end of 40 and, and go work your shift. 
But what happens when your shift at Amazon works at four, ends at 4 in the morning? Do you have to work, wait until 6 or 7 to catch the bus back home to Elkton? You know, who, who among us would want to experience that? Um, so taking what we're doing and moving it into that community is intentional. And it's very practical. It's strategic. If we want to reach those folks, then let's make sure we're accessible to them. 300 families within walking distance, another 200 families within a short jaunt. That's the potential that we see. And I believe, by God's grace, that we'll fill those seats. We'll fill those seats because the people that we're ministering to know the difference between life and death. They know the difference between being empty and being filled because, by God's grace, they've gone from death to life, from empty to full and God gets the glory. So please, let me encourage you. Check us out online. Check us out on Facebook. Shoot me an email. Give me a call, text, whatever. I live right down the street here on 40. I'd be happy to meet you for coffee at Chesapeake or Hayden's. Anybody a Hayden's fan here? Yeah, my wife. <laughs> Amen. We love Hayden's. Um, and I'd love to get into it. I'd love to talk to you about the details. I'm not going to take any more of your time this morning. I do have the, the picture that we shared out on the board or the easel out in the lobby. And if you slide that forward, you can see the, the basic floor plans for both the first and second floor. This is going to be a two-story facility. We're going to be able to have more than one activity going on at a time. Bible study, like I said, classes, um, GED in the evening, preschoolers, moms with tots, that kind of stuff going on all week long, seven days a week, just like the church in Jerusalem, just like in the book of Acts. That's my dream. That's the vision God's given us, and I, and I hope you'll pray to that end that, um, that the vision will come true, not for my sake, but for his glory and for those that, that need it. Again, we value so much your partnership with us. Um, we love you, and, uh, and know that God's going to continue to use you to impact the community. Would you join me as I close in prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, I do thank you for this opportunity to share briefly with my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. And I thank you again for Pastor Jack and his leadership for giving us the opportunity to participate in this great endeavor called the church in the church age. I thank you, Lord, again in Jesus' name. Amen. appreciate the, uh, the passion and the heart that Mike has for the people, you know, and I see that a lot in this church, you know, I just want to talk about that and, you know, that we keep that same heart for people and, you know, as we know, the workers are few, you know, the needs are many, so it's be, it's be the Lord's hands and feet, you know, and just reach out there and figure out, you know, where God needs to place you, uh, whether it's with Mike or somebody else, but man, it's just, there's so much need out there. And this song is really, uh, kind of plays into that a little bit, you know, and I just kind of see this generation still connecting through through worship. Like, this song was written before Adrian was born. 
you know, but it's still connecting people through generations and connecting us as a people. So this song was written in somebody's kitchen after God kind of came in and made his presence known and she wrote the song in like five minutes and it's been such a, a powerful song over the years. So join us in song and worship. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. The holy presence living in me. This is my daily. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. And now I'm desperate for you. God be with you all week long as we just 
come together as a church and just go out into the world. Just uh, want to bless this service and bless Mike as he goes forward to the Paris Foundation and uh, just give him everything he needs, Lord. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. Hey, everyone. After 90 weeks straight, don't leave yet. Watch uh, this. COVID hit, oh. uh, a wedding hit, I didn't know. and then a pre planned trip to West Virginia for the Mountaineers to lose. But either way, um, I'll be glad to be back with you next week. We're going to be starting a new series. Um, the new series is going to be called uh, Relationship Vampires, how to deal with those who suck the life out of you. So I hope that you'll be there. you have a good time as I'm looking at this beautiful area out here. Um, and have a great day. I know you will. And God bless.